Chip Kelly's done it again. He steals another receiver from an in-conference rival, this time from across town. Let's talk about it on Locked On UCLA. Hit it. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On UCLA. It's your favorite host, Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer diehard Bruins fan and D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Well over the long weekend in the MLK holiday, you were, I was kind of thinking, all right, with MLK leaning after the weekend, you could see that that's when the NFL declarations end, and that's when every player has to have declared for the NFL draft. So sitting here, you're wondering, all right, is there anything else that anybody Bruins-wise is going to leave? Is there any other players coming from the portal over to UCLA? And boy, oh boy, a late get for UCLA right before the portal closes for a few months. So let's get right to it. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast. And let's get to it. Football, basketball, drama, everything with you guys. UCLA gets USC transfer Kyle Ford, who just barely hit the portal like five days ago. And they barely officially just signed J. Michael Sturdivant. I could have just told you over the weekend they got a four-star transfer. And now they got a former four-star class of 19 product who went to USC, has been embattled with injuries, but actually performed against UCLA this season and had 73 yards, three receptions, and a touchdown for the Trojans, who has almost always been a USC fan. And then all of a sudden, a late Monday night boom from Ethan Young. And then out of nowhere, I'm sitting here. What could it be? Who could it possibly be? Defense? No, it couldn't be defense. They're not that cool. It's another offensive threat. Kyle Ford comes here again. Lost his senior season mostly due to injury. Banged up from that senior season of high school and then missed the majority of his freshman year at SC in 19. Then in 2020, missed almost the entire year, missed the entire year because of torn knee ligaments. And he gets those, he had the red shirt in 19, missed all of 2020, which all the football players and most of the fall sports and winter sports got back and then competed last year, which was his best overall season. Eight games, had 252 yards, 19 receptions, and two touchdowns. A catch in every game he played, even had limited spring, spring practice in 21. And then here in 2000, in 22 overall. Well, I guess maybe not his best year, but 20 receptions, 365 yards, and two touchdowns because you're dealing with the SC website, so don't put it all together. So together, this was one of his better seasons, combined with last year when he was a little bit healthier and got himself one of his two touchdowns he caught this year was against UCLA. So the Bruins getting a former four-star. Maybe it's not high upside, as one might think, as a J. Michael Sturdivant, considering the health of Sturdivant and what he's done this year. But for UCLA and the youth of Sturdivant, mind you, he's coming as a redshirt sophomore. But Kyle Ford, a guy that comes over from UCLA, I know I tease Gary Bryant Jr., but out of nowhere, Ford comes over to UCLA from a four-star product, had a couple of three-reception games for 73 yards, a 100-yard receiving game with a touchdown at Arizona for Ford. So the Bruins getting products who have immediately contributed, guys with potential upside in Kyle Ford who still has two years left of eligibility, 
who was this year redshirt junior, has a senior year as a 6'3 receiver, and then the COVID year he could use, his COVID slash redshirt year he could use if he stays two years as a grad transfer coming to UCLA, the product out of Corona. Talked about, I believe I was reading somewhere, he had slimmed up his body and really liked how Chip Kelly slimmed down his is a good with it when it comes to losing my words here good when it comes to conditioning ucla's conditioning and how they take care with nutrition and bodies i believe it's greg biggins post talking about those two saying hey this is what kyle ford wanted to come to ucla for because usc seemingly losing a lot of guys in the portal and while it wasn't gary bryant jr the bruins go after and get ford and another quick snatched up receiver the ucla bruins get right after j michael sturdivant who just literally signed has become a Bruin. Now you've got Ford, a late get right before the portal closes. And that's pretty much the Bruins, as I was about to tease in the second segment, they're going to lose a couple of receivers, some to eligibility and the other one in one Kaz Allen to the draft. And UCLA goes and says, well, we've already got an interesting concoction of what's returning between Titus Mokiao Atamalala. You've got Cam Brown. Those are just the guys off the top of my head. But those are guys who are in the mix. You add in a high potential if he stays healthy in Kyle Ford, and he was building these last two years, still has two more years to play. And then you have J. Michael Sturdivant, who has still got plenty of time to play. UCLA's offense looks to be set regardless of who plays quarterback. They continue to get an offensive lineman or two. Can they buy a defense? Lore, whoever, whatever. Can you buy a defense? Can they buy a defense? Please find some defense. So the Bruins have retooled the outside when it comes to receivers. They've added to the running back room with Charbonnet declaring to the NFL draft. You just never know in the transfer portal age. You just sit here. You're wondering, man, I'm about to have some dinner. Boom. Oh, who could that be? What superstar is this? And UCLA delivers. Let's talk about who is leaving for the NFL draft and also who's out of eligibility since the NFL draftee or draft player players who are eligible for the draft have declared and the other Bruins have graduated or left. Let's talk about that in our second segment and compare with what UCLA's brought in with this portal so far, including the most recent edition of Kyle Ford. We'll compare, contrast, and talk about that in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you, Built Bar, baby, they're a delicious treat. And if you don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. You know, through the holidays, you know, your boy, his girlfriend, make, my girlfriend makes great cookies. And I ate a lot of cookies and I had some great home cooking from wherever I was. Just yum, yum, yum. And, I, you know, you gain some weight. But if you want to eat a little healthier this year while still eating a tasty treat that's healthy for you without compromising taste, then you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You will not believe, you won't believe that it's even good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. 100% real covered chocolate real chocolate, and they've got churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond flavors. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 whopping grams of protein. Go get yourself a box at Built.com. You can find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, wherever it is. Go find Built a Built Bar or order it from Built.com and get yourself a Built Bar. I want to try that churro flavor. Moving on with Locked On UCLA, second segment, talking about all right, Kyle Ford is the breaking news. Got to that first. But what I kind of wanted to go back and forth with was who are the Bruins that have declared to the draft and then the Bruins leaving compared to what they've got remaining and who did not leave in addition to some transfers. So it'll be a bit convoluted, but a lot of players 
coming and going for UCLA, especially in the portal. It's a little tough to keep track of. So let's kind of get a list going right now for Locked On UCLA. So guys who have declared, you have Kaz Allen, Jack Lander the fourth, John Gaines the second, Raekwon O'Neal, and Zach Charbonnet. That is a pretty meaty list of big contributors for the Bruins, either in the most recent year or over their careers. And all of them had at least, or just all of them with one year of eligibility left. Kaz Allen would have been a nice keep. UCLA's already filled the long snapping position. And then you have two offensive linemen and then arguably the best running back in the country. You could argue back and forth. And then Jack Charbonnet, who is expected, finally declared for the NFL draft. Now here's the list of what UCLA has leaving out of eligibility. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Stephon Blaylock, Mo Osling III, Jake Bobo, Azizi Hearn, Bo Calvert, Martin Andrews Jr. You have Shea Pitts, Atonio Mafi. You have Sam Marazzo, Michael Iziki, and Jacob Sykes. So a good portion of defense for this very older roster and a lot of the talent offensively also leaving, too, on the outside of your new quarterback, new arguably lead receiver, and new top tailback all for UCLA. So those are the guys who are all leaving. Those names that I just mentioned between the people who declared and the people who are out of eligibility. Some you may have known. Some you may have passed up on. Here are the guys who are staying. One, Duke Clemens, Ale Cajo. Carl, June, Carl Jones Jr., Darius Muasau, Leatu Latu, Gabriel, and Grayson Murphy. And between Latu and the Murphy twins, they each still have two years remaining, while Clemens, Caho, Jones, and Muasau all have one year remaining. So that's important because UCLA, that's a center staying, that's an offensive lineman, and some key defensive pieces for UCLA for a defense that so far – Hasn't brought too many players in, but we'll get to that. I know they have a Bowling Green transfer safety and more. But overall, besides a couple of pieces, UCLA still has got to retool the defense mostly to be a true competitor in their final year of Pac-12 play heading into the 2023 season in the fall. But UCLA, it's nice to see Latu, despite a good season, coming back from retirement, literally transferring from Washington, is a key piece. The Murphy twins staying huge. Moasso, another transfer. Those are guys that are key pieces and hopefully can grow under another year of Bill McGovern system. And I know it'll be back and forth between you guys at home on Twitter or whether it's on YouTube or commenting, whatever, how nobody likes Bill McGovern. But continuity matters. And at least under year two with guys who made plays and were key contributors to tackles for loss and sacks, that's nice to have at least up front for UCLA. So those are the guys staying between Clemens, Cajo, you have Jones, Moasa, Latu, and the Murphy Twins. And then you look at the UCLA transfers. We're not going to go over the freshmen right now. We know who they're highlighted by, but we're going to talk about the transfers. J. Michael Sturdivant could easily fill in as one of filling in for a role of a Jake Bobo or Kaz Allen. I'm not talking about specifically his skill set, but in terms of what they're missing in terms of two receiver spots missing, J. Michael Sturdivant well within filling that spot. Then you get a late ad with Kyle Ford, and that's another key big receiver 63 former four star from USC had some key moments this year hopefully can blow up next year and have a good senior campaign but still has another year of eligibility left you have Jordan Anderson who is immediately eligible coming from Bowling Green four star safety maybe can help with Blaylock a, a super senior with the Bruins he's graduated that can help Carson Steele helping with the UCLA running back room with Anthony Atkins to try and fill the hole that is Zach Charbonnet leaving. And you have TJ Harden and Keegan Jones. Those are all guys that can combine 
for UCLA in the tailback room. So again, receiver, running back, UCLA filling it in when it comes to offensive fixes. And then I forgot to mention you have a uh, Nicholas Barmer who transferred out. The Bruins got their kicker. When it comes to Ezekiel, the tight end gone. You think you have Maliki Matzavau, who is a three-star transfer from Oregon. You're getting pieces, and you can see how easy it is for Chip Kelly to pick what he wants. If he likes what he sees, if he likes your makeup, and he likes how your grades fit in. Again, it's books and ball. And reminder, it's books first. So you have to graduate. You have to be getting into a grad program or available to transfer and be eligible immediately. So for Chip Kelly, if he likes what he sees, he picks up immediately and will bring you on the roster. And for UCLA, you have two offensive linemen leaving. Well, you got Spencer Holstedge, and then you have the 6'5 Juco recruit coming out in Caleb Walker. So you got two, two linemen leaving. you got two coming in. And while you like a couple more, one or two more, maybe in the late stages of the 23 class, UCLA is building that way. So while I haven't gone over all the transfers between Heimlicher, another big edge rusher, a Buck Buchanan Award finalist, you have Schley, a quarterback, Oladejo, a linebacker for Cal. You can see UCLA's filling holes that they're missing. And again, it's going to look, it's not exactly like a DTR. We're going to see this guy five years. You're going to love him or hate him and just emotionally deal with all the amazing stuff and some of the picks that he had on the field. But for UCLA, it's going to be quick turnover, obviously, right? Turnover, turnover, turnover. And for Chip Kelly to make this team competitive, and even more talented in 2023, just in the next days, it's going to make my early, early outlook for the 23 team look completely different. On the eve of when the Pac-12 is supposed to officially release the Pac-12 conference schedule for 2023 with the whole release show and everything, which we'll react to here on Locked On UCLA after they drop it, the Bruins are looking more and more interesting come the offensive side of things. But again, defensively, for now, they're they're lacking. They have pieces, some key pieces that stayed that could have left, like Latu and the Murphy twins. And they're getting maybe some key pieces in the guy from Penn and Jake Heimlicher. You have Ola Dejo, a good safety coming from Bowling Green, which had a sneaky, decent defense that turned over a lot of opponents this year, did the Bowling Green team. But again, offensively, they're looking good. Again, I talked two receivers, running back, tight end between draft and graduation. The Bruins have filled those spots up with talented guys, and arguably you could say more talented guys, at least in the receiver role, maybe in the tight end role, guys who can fit up up front in the offensive line role in the schemes. So the Bruins are figuring out ways to fill the void left by the super seniors, the COVID guys, by grabbing guys who still have that extra year or two with the, the four-star, the talent, the upside, and what Chip Kelly likes in his roster. So again, whoever Dante Moore is going to throw to, or arguably Colin Schley, or dare I say Ethan Garbers, or even go further down the my, line and go to Justin Martin, because those guys haven't put in the portal yet, they will have a plethora of options to use offensively. Defense, we wait, we see, and we tell Chip Kelly, throw the bag at Roderick Pleasant. Although, as you know, NIL collectives, there's only so much money to go around. Despite all the money that there is, there is somewhat of a salary cap, I guess, in this day and age. You can't go crazy with money, but the Bruins certainly are making the most of Hollywood, Westwood, Rose Bowl, Pasadena, everything, and building a roster that can compete year in and year out. 
oh, you're gone? Bye-bye, Jake Bobo. We're going to go get the four-star kid that's younger, maybe better. Go get another four-star kid from USC and maybe combine their talents with what we already have and give our young quarterback or a good transfer quarterback a chance to win games offensively. <sighs> Exciting times for UCLA indeed, at least on the gridiron. Now moving over to basketball. Some news and notes talking about UCLA hoops. The Bruins, they head into, as what I declared in the most recent Locked On UCLA episode, as the biggest week in the regular season. The latest bracketology, whether you look at Joe Lenardi, whether you look at Ken Palm rankings and numbers, or you go into other sources for your rankings and bracketology and bracketologists or whatever it is, who or is or isn't in the tournament. UCLA, basically a 2C in the West, just under Houston. But the only two other teams currently listed in the Pac-12 that are in the tournament are Arizona and Arizona State, which leaves this to be an interesting week for UCLA, considering Utah stumbled these last couple of games. USC not helped by their early stumbles, including at home at the Florida Gulf Coast. For Mick Cronin and the Bruins, this is a chance, as I've already mentioned, to get some resume-building wins. And while there's rumors about apparently UCLA players dissing Kerr Kreisa, which is kind of bogus, just a quick little joke about Kreisa getting dunked on by Nafale Dante. And it was just a little one little joking diss from a trainer. And then Jalen Clark saying, yeah, he got dunked on, whatever. And I saw that kind of formulating over Twitter. So that's a non-story. Just guys saying, oh, you got dunked on, take it. There it is. Not dissing is whatever the Arizona reporters or beat guys are saying. But the Bruins, most importantly, they are going to be without Amari Bailey again. Mick Cronin kind of telling the media today, talking about, it's a somewhat of a stress fracture, almost like what Johnny Juzang dealt with recently in the most recent campaign, I believe, either this year or last year. I forget what he said. But it's what you know Johnny Juzang said or dealt with, which is funny. One, because when you deal with Chip Kelly, you don't get that same that same like just upfront forwardness when it comes to injuries, player availability, quotes, funny, whatever. But then when you have Mick Cronin, one of the only, I think the only power five team, power six team that doesn't have a transfer on this year's team. While there are transfers, of course, there have been no guys who have transferred. There are no tr guys who transferred into the program this season for Mick Cronin. While Chip Kelly goes against talent each year and out, year in and year out, but you can't always know what's going on in his brain or who's available or who's not available, whether Charbonnet is or isn't going to play. Why did he suit up every which way? That's what's funny about the football program and can be fun when they get the booms and all the excitement, which hopefully leads to win in 23. But for Mick Cronin says, Amari Bailey not fully practicing yet, so he may not, to clarify my words here, he may not be fully ready to play for the area. So in the state game, which is first on Thursday night against the team that is actually in second place in the Pac-12 in the Sun Devils, who needs desperately to get that signature win to bolster their resume and ensure their spot in the NCAA tournament. And then the big blue, but the, the big battle between the Wildcats and UCLA, which everybody is excited and has the calendar circled for on Saturday morning, Pacific time at 11 a.m. at the McKill Center, where Arizona for a rare time will be a dog. The Bruins will be it looks to be shorthanded. Barring some late progress from Amari Bailey, looks like Mick Cronin wants his freshman to be healthy, knows his draft lottery prospects and his NBA first-round potential and stardom, yet he's taking it careful. The UCLA training staff, they're taking it careful with Bailey, which is important, but it also underlies the fact that, hey, UCLA, they're playing shorthanded against teams that are big, strong, and tough in Arizona, and Arizona State team who 
Mick Cronin compared to, I believe, as the Golden State Warriors of college basketball. If I've gotten that right, I didn't write the direct quote down, but it looked like from what I'd seen, he had compared him to how they shoot the ball and how well they played in recent their recent games, how well they played that he they shot it so spectacularly well. Golden State of college basketball. That, that's some high praise for a shooting college basketball team, considering I've been reading articles and looking at you know, the crazier pundits and everything talking about this is the year of the big in college basketball. While a damn Bona is blossoming, UCLA does not have a plethora of bigs and they have a learning Bona going from week to week. So for the Bruins, they sit here without potentially a key piece. We have to wait and we'll update you guys closer and closer to Thursday, but it's not looking like Bailey is fit to play maybe for either one of these games, which leads once again, where's UCLA going to get some bench production? Where can they, if they, will they get any bench production in their two biggest games of the regular season on the road and what will be packed environments in Tempe, in Tucson, against teams who both beat UCLA last year at their in their respective home gyms? Can the Bruins go return the favor and go beat them on the road and get some key wins that don't hurt the resume and keep them in line to be a top four, top three team? In the way I've looked at these matchups this week in college basketball, I think with who's playing, like a Kansas, Kansas State, you have Texas on the road and Iowa State tonight. Those are all top 10, top 15 matchups. There's other craziness. Purdue just barely winning at Michigan State the other night. This is what I believe will be that weird carnage week in college basketball where a lot of top teams might go down. I got that sense and feeling that this might be the week where almost every team in the top 10 takes a weird loss or has a weird game. In a team, in a year where in college basketball, there's not truly that dominant team. Maybe Houston is that team, how solid they are defensively, but not that team that's unbeaten, blowing everybody away. Just not just yet. So this might be what I dub carnage week. And can the Bruins avoid the carnage of two very tough road tests? Bailey probably out, projected to be out. We'll update that as soon as you can. And that's why you should stick with Locked On UCLA as your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks for your support. We'll be back tomorrow to react to the new UCLA schedule. We know who they're playing. We just don't know when. Hint, hint, I've heard they have a bye in week five, thanks to John Canzano. But other than that, we'll see what the Bruins' schedule looks like. Is it easier? Is it tougher? Is it not? We will talk about that coming up soon. Again, more keys and statistics and news and notes for UCLA versus Arizona State in Arizona, and we'll talk about that and more football news as we move forward with the portal coming to a close. So thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen. Go check out Lock on, Locked On College Basketball. They're a great second listen for some extra content talking about college basketball around the nation here in the Locked On Co- Podcast Network. In the meantime, get your hands up, Bruins fans. It's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, signing off. Eight clap time, baby. Chip Kelly continues to do it again, again in the portal. In the portal. McCronin, yeah. Not through the portal, but just getting wins. 13 in a row. Let's go. All right. No more dancing. Eight clap time. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. This has been locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.